everybody and welcome back to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Lizzie. <laughs> and today we are joined by someone very, very special. Our most special guest, I think, of all of our seasons. And that is Lizzie's mum, Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello, everybody. It's very nerve-wracking. <laughs> so we thought it would be an amazing idea to get one of our mums, both of our mums, any of our mums in to do a finale to the end of this season. So we could get you to ask things that you can't ask your mum, but you can ask Lizzie's mum. A mum. Any mum is fine. Any mum except your own. And you have been the chosen mum this Thank time you. around. But I'm blessed. Sue Holland, you'll be back. You'll be Sue here Holland, soon. honestly, I'm going to get her in. She's got to come in. So yeah, we went to Instagram and we've got lots and lots of questions for you. Yeah, people Shoot. had some amazing questions. They did. Anne, and lots of... Yeah, really insightful ones. Probably ones that we couldn't have come up with ourselves. No, no, definitely not. And also, I think, like, to start off, me and you have quite an open relationship anyway, so most of the things that... Well, not most of the things we've been... Some of the things we've been talking about throughout this podcast (laughs) series are things that I could ask my mum anyway. But, yeah, we did get some really good questions. Oh, go on, We'll start with a big one. Yeah, go on. Biggest piece of advice for a 20-something-year-old? I think believe in yourself. Did you believe in yourself when you were in your 20s? I would have said in my early 20s, I lacked confidence and probably didn't believe in myself in in quite the way you might think I do now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think when you look back on that, you you look back and you say, if I could speak to myself as a 21, 22-year-old, it would be, I have more confidence because you're better than you think you are. Do you think, though, that's like, and Lindsay, you can answer this, because mm. you're also not in your 20s anymore. Oh, <laughs> and that, that gets harder as you get into your later 20s, though, because then there's more pressures. Like, when I was 21 or 22, I didn't feel old at all, or, like, I don't know, like, you still feel like a teenager then. Yeah. But as I get into my older 20s, I'm more like, oh, I feel like there's more pressure to have my shit together now, believe in myself more. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that I felt certainly more carefree in my wild years in my early 20s where I kind of knew who I was not fully nowhere near fully but I knew enough about what I wanted to do with myself to kind of like let loose and just not give a care in the world didn't know what anxiety was didn't know what feeling sad was any of that I think as we get older and we have more responsibility and we start to become the people we're meant to be through all of these like life lessons I think that's where you start to become more confident yeah but also because you know there's consequence (laughs) in a way (laughs) that makes sense yeah yeah what would you say for your 30s or would it be the same thing do you reckon I think have a clear idea about where you're going and, and what you want and don't be afraid to ask for things whether that's you know in employment or even in relationships or friendships or you know you you can stand your own corner Mm. and still not offend people and not you know not destroy your career or anything just you know be brave to ask for what you want Mm. and be clear yeah because it it helps people it helps people people aren't mind readers and that's whether that's your partner or your boss or or your colleague people are not mind readers Mm. so without being overly strident I think it's good to tell people what you're looking for and where you're at in life mm. and they I suppose they can only say no or I can't do that for yeah, you yeah. it's not going to be an embarrassing thing it's not going to be yeah I think people sometimes are afraid particularly maybe in a job environment where you know they want more money or mm. they want to go for promotion and don't because they're afraid 
someone might say no or no you're not you know it, some form of rejection but actually get your head around what that might look like and feel like and what you might do about that to counter it because it's not the end of the world it, yeah. it you know bad things can actually make you stronger yeah and you know make you take the braver step mm. yeah and I guess as you get older you get better at articulating what you want, like Lynn said, because you get a clearer view yeah. of what that is. But also, I guess, accepting that can change as yeah. well. Yeah. And then knowing how to like voice that and yeah. navigate that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Jumping forward a few years, people and we wanted to know how motherhood has shaped you Ooh. and <laughs> how did you know it was what you wanted when you wanted it? I wouldn't say I'm a particularly maternal person, mm. but I knew that I wanted to have a child and I think when you I don't know there's a bit of a magic stage in this is you know obviously very much my own personal opinion is that when you sort of hit 30 as a woman you get that moment of well am I going to have children aren't I going to have children if I want to have them am I in in the in in the type of environment relationship whatever that would make me comfortable with that so I you know I was clear that I did want to have a child it does change you I think it makes you less selfish makes you very focused because rather than just doing things for yourself you're doing it because you're doing it for your child and your family and that gives you a very different impetus which is good because I think you know I think it does the key of it I think is it makes you a lot less selfish because you are always thinking about that other person and how you're protecting them and how you're nurturing them and how you as a couple as well are you know, facing and moving in the same direction mm. um, to give, you know, clarity. Because I think children, particularly young children, like rules and clarity and need to know where they are. So there's a certain consistency as well in terms of parenting. How old were you when you had me again? 37. That was, like, quite old back then. Not to be rude. Still old now, actually. You would still... You're still a geriatric You are mom. still classed as a geriatric mother. Imagine somebody saying that to you. Oh, my God. Absolutely so had all of your friends had kids and everything by then? Um, some Most had, but no, not no, not particularly. Some had, but some hadn't, and some didn't have children, so quite a mixture. I would have said most of my closest friends who have children probably had them in their 30s, you know, mid-30s onwards. Yeah. So, And probably of my generation, you would have expected people to have women, not people, to have children in their 20s, even their mid-20s. I mean, the age yeah. is going on all the time. But yeah, yeah, that now would be rarer. Yeah. Yes. So, whereas at the age that you had a baby then would be more what our peers would do now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. doing it a little bit later yeah. on in life, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Especially but where the, we are in the London. only caution with that is, is, is this sort of assumption that it's all going to be plain sailing. Yeah. Um, well, that's what Clemmie talked about in our motherhood yeah. one and mm. a couple of weeks ago. She was saying you don't know your fertility journey until you start trying, no. do you? No, and, and, you know, I had a, a miscarriage before I had you. Mm. And, you know, when you're going through that, it's loss but fear that, that you know, that's going to happen again and you're now running, you know, at 37, you, you the clock's ticking and it, it does start to tick quite yeah. loudly on you. So, you know, it's... There's huge advances, but there are certain things that aren't a given. Yeah, it's all biological still. It, it, mm. Yeah, it is. What yeah. about, because for you, obviously, it was career for 
a long time before then. Can you give everyone a quick career were you mass- Yeah, were you massively into your go-getting businesswoman uh, situation? Yeah, it was very all-consuming. I mean, my business partners, and there were three of us, set up our business when I was 28. Um, She's so relatively young to be yeah. embarking on yeah. that. <laughs> um, well, it was the right thing to do at that yeah. point. And then, obviously, so, you know, the business had developed. We were employing probably... I don't know, 25 plus people, and you have a lot of responsibility because you have a responsibility for the people that you're employing as well. So it's the ultimate juggle. Um, And also I think that probably was the only time I would ever say that you feel like maybe you're letting everybody down at some stage or another. You know, it's, Mm. yeah, I'm not at home when I should be for the family or and I'm not at work when I should be for work. And you just have to... Be a little bit kinder to yourself, in my opinion, to say, you know, I can keep plates spinning, but sometimes the odd plate might just have to drop. And as long as that's not important, you know, if the house isn't as tidy as it should be, or I haven't cooked a cordon bleu meal or whatever your (laughs) thing is. (laughs) Everybody has a thing, don't they, which is really important and they feel as though they're slipping if that happens. Then just, you know, cut yourself some slack. Mm. No, whether women always cut themselves any slack. No. So, yeah, so it was not easy, but, I mean, we were talking, before we came in to record this, we were talking about puppies. Yes, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And my gut feel would be having a puppy would be harder maybe than having a small child. Maybe that's a good way to test the water. (laughs) If you're working loads, how does the dog work? (laughs) You've got to go and walk them every four hours. I I don't know, there's always things sort of anecdotally talking to people. It's like, that's actually maybe not as easy to walk Yeah, no. But I was very blessed with grandma. I mean, my mother-in-law, I had the best (sighs) mother-in-law in in the world. (sighs) The best mother-in-law. Everybody was very jealous. (laughs) And she was great. If Lizzie was ill, unfortunately you weren't a sickly child, so that was good. You know, she would be there and would step in and was just brilliant. Mm. And that made a huge difference. Takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. And childcare and everything. Yes. A nanny called Lizzie. She had a nanny called Uh, Lizzie. Yeah, a nanny called Lizzie for years. (laughs) Until she went to school. And, and again, that, even that's an adjustment because you've got someone who has their ways of doing things and I just did really what I was told. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's great because I always thought, well, you know better than me because you've trained, the yeah. <laughs> you've trained to do this. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I just used to deliver the rules that I was told to deliver, really, and that was fine because <laughs> it, it worked. worked. It absolutely worked. She was strict as well. Was she? Well, she wasn't scary strict, but I remember she was always quite strict. Yeah. I can honestly imagine you as literally an angel child sent good. from heaven. Yeah, she was good. Thank you, Linda. Oh. She was good. <laughs> <laughs> and Anne, what exactly was your career? Like, what did, what did you do and how did you I get there? I was in advertising and marketing. Oh. So, yeah, but mostly in print side. So we used to do a lot of brochures for travel companies and uh, various other products kitchens quite like kitchens things like that so a lot of print work basically Mm. Mm. so I suppose that ties nicely into what lots of people asked (laughs) which which was about how you feel about Lizzie having a non-traditional job and do you ever wish that she went down a different route something more traditional because as we all know she did a degree in history of art that she does absolutely enough all with now except (laughs) Maybe paint sometimes in the front room, which sometimes is still very, very talented. 
She still goes to the odd art gallery. Yeah. But I've never seen. Having been with her, she goes round them at such a rate of knots. Oh, no messing about. <laughs> in and out. It's not a leisurely thing, no, is it? No, it's not. It's high speed. God. <laughs> I just paid but, 40 quid for this ticket. I'm in and out in five minutes. Great, brilliant, yeah. thanks. Can you give us any Actually, insight? Yeah, yeah, well, there's this bit about... <laughs> yeah. No, I don't really remember that no. much, unfortunately. I tend not to worry too much about the fact that it's all new media, as it is, and it's developing and nobody knows where everything will land up, but I think the skills that you're all learning mm. are useful in all sorts of different areas of life. And, you know, you tackle things new things and you're not afraid to tackle new things and you just get stuck in so I think that sort of mentality would carry you through all the time mm. yeah you do learn a hell of a lot as well you have to you have to be ready to adapt so quickly don't you yeah and like there's no one else that can deliver on stuff and if you mess it up it's on you your shoulders do, yeah. and so you've got to work it yeah work it out yeah and you've got to be very very sort of self-motivated because a lot of the time you're working to your own time management and, mm. and plans and deliverables so you know that that it's, it's not always easy to sort of get up in the morning and whip yourself into action when there isn't other people there to whip you no. <laughs> but no, then that's true. the way that you are lends itself really well to this job because yeah, yeah. of probably nanny lizzie and Anne <laughs> hybrid parenting <laughs> yeah you're the same though as well it's just i never find it hard to self-motivate because no. i find it harder to not do anything yeah it's so boring isn't it and we're so, so restless boring. both of us yes yeah, yeah. And even now, even though I'm retired now, I still find I sort of get up in the morning and I'm I'm doing things all during you know the day yeah, as yeah. though I'm sort of quasi working. It's yeah. not I mean, sometimes that might include going out for lunch with the girls, but of course. Uh, but it's routine in a way, isn't it? It's, as well as like yeah. getting up because yeah. I know that you get up so early. Wake <laughs> <laughs> up early, always get up early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that also ties in nicely because. We wanted to know how it is for you to see Lizzie online and be so kind of at the forefront of everything and how that makes you feel sometimes. And I know because obviously it can be really difficult, but also it must be a really proud thing for you to see and watch her flourish. And be like, oh, turn up maybe an, a magazine one day and be like, oh, it's my girl. It's my girl. It's odd, and I try not to think about it too much. What's strange is sometimes even I will go out and somebody will say to me, oh, you're Lizzie's mum. Oh now that still God. makes me go, oh, yes, I am. Um, and it's lovely. Yeah. And they're lovely. Everyone's lovely that's ever done it. But yeah. it still comes as a bit of a shock that by association that happens to you. Mm. Um, and you also feel as though you're always in touch. Because I was sort of thinking about that, about when obviously I was Lizzie's age or, you know, and younger. Um, we didn't have mobile phones. If you were speaking to your parents, you had to ring them mm. on a landline. So your points of contact was a lot less. Yeah. And there is that feeling now that you have spoken even when you haven't because you can see what you're doing. You can yeah, see yeah. where you are. And so that isn't as intimate maybe as, as it was when you know I was your age. But I probably didn't. You know, I spoke to my mum about once a week mm. and probably saw them as well once a week and I was not far away. Yeah. Um, so it was just very, very different because none of this, because I'm so old, none of this <laughs> existed. <laughs> and maybe that's, you know, I don't know whether that's good or bad and I know there's a lot of pressure that goes with it, but I think you, you adapt. Yeah. I guess that even sometimes if you catch up with old friends, they don't always ask how you are and not genuine sounds too harsh, but 
because they already feel like they know how you are or what you've been doing and where yeah. you've been and everything. So the conversation do. would play out like, oh, I know you're all right because you've been in the south of, south yeah. of Spain for the last yeah. week. And you're like, yes, it rained every day and I fell out with my husband. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> like, if you'd have texted me, I'd have told you. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's all smoke and mirrors, isn't it? Yeah, and you only know that when you're doing it, really. Yeah. How, how, does, how does your mum find it? My mum only follows me on Instagram. She's not got a profile picture. Does she not even follow me? I don't think so. She's so like, Lizzie, I'd be hard pushed to know if she knew how to. <laughs> I had to send her the link to the podcast the other day. She's like, how do I listen to this? Yeah, I think she, she likes it and she's very proud of me and things. And she's like, oh, my friend saw you here, my friend saw you there. And uh, her, her mates will often take pictures of things or screenshot something and send it back to mum or to me. And around that so I think that's really nice for her and yeah she can see it or I'll just get a text saying where's you where's that jacket from I want that <laughs> I'm like which one mum she's like the one on Instagram I was like uh you've just been on Instagram you've like 50 of my photos all at once which jacket because you've not been on for like three weeks and she also texts you and says like I want a new purse from Mulberry hashtag gifted all, all the, time. the time just honestly just in the middle of the day I'll just get a text that says hashtag gifted Mulberry purse and I'm like mum it's not it's how it not, works. I can't. I can't, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I think she, she does enjoy it. And obviously it becomes more normal the, the longer I do it for. And obviously because it's a job and we are paid to do what we do now, I've come from being a physio, which is a very tangible job, like a very like, mm. okay, people understand this and they you yeah, know, be yeah. in the pub with their mates, be like, yeah, Arlene's a physio, she works at King's Hospital, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, but now they're like, yeah, she uh, she has a fashion blog and she's on the internet and yep, yeah, she gets paid and, and that's difficult. That's like yeah, a difficult yeah. thing to, but I think... And you always get asked, I always get asked, well, how do they make their money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do they make a living? So you have to keep doing go through that. I've got a spiel for that. Yeah, we all have to nail it down now. Talking about being brave and, you know, making leaps of faith, you, you know, stopping being a physio to do this full time. That, that's amazing. I would never have been that brave. I'm no. very, very conformist. Yeah. And so I'd never yes. have done something like that. It would it, be like, no, I have a regular income. I'm, I'm staying yeah, here. Yeah, I've got to stay yeah. put. And it was. It, I, I didn't feel brave at the time. I felt scared, really scared, because you go from something that's secure yeah. into something that you have no idea what this landscape's doing, mm. what it's going to do, or if you're going to get your money on time to pay rent, because people take longer than 30 days to pay you, FYI. <laughs> so it's all, it's, all, yeah, it's all really a, a really scary landscape to do. But once you do it, like you say, those things that are difficult in your lives, go forward to make some of the best memories and some of the, the best decisions that you'll ever make. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all, it's mm. all been good. And I think because mum and dad can see where I'm at, and that I'm happy, and that I can sort myself out, and that I'm not like, Mom, can I lend a tenner? Like yeah. I always used to be at, at college. Please, can I have £50 on going out this weekend? I get paid on Saturday. She's like, oh, Jesus. Um, but things like that, like that doesn't happen anymore. I wouldn't dare go and ask my mum for money now. No. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a funny thing, but it's taken a long time for her to, I think, not to accept it, but to just be like, oh, okay, this is it. This and is, it's I understand it now. And yeah, and she's security. okay. and she's Because she only wants me to be happy and secure. And yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Like all mums do. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I think she's all good now with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this does not apply for me because I, as we've already um, established, am nothing short and angelic. <laughs> <laughs> How would modest. you manage though? <laughs> yes, a modest angel, no less. How would you manage if you really didn't agree with some of the choices I was making as I got older? How would I manage, Lizzie, if I didn't agree? If I don't. <laughs> don't pretend there's something. Go on. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. <laughs> yeah. I need to. No, no, I didn't mean that. Um, I would, well, you can, you, can, you can contradict if you think this is wrong. I would tell you what I thought. Then I'd probably tell you again because I am renowned for repeating when somebody isn't oh, listening to me God, exactly what just. I just said. Um, <laughs> and then I would step back. Oh. 
Um, see if it's sunk in or not. Just leave it to it. Just watch the train crash. <laughs> just go. Just, just don't ring me. Step back. Yeah, yeah, I've told you what I think. If you're not going to do it, it's your own fault. That kind of thing. I suppose it's the same in friendships, though. Like, if mm. you were doing something I didn't approve of, which mm. you don't do, but if you did, I'd be like, and if this is a good idea, Linz. Yeah. But in fact, I am the person that you have to say this well, to most at the yeah. moment. But Lizzie, th- absolutely th- don't do that. You're playing with fire. Okay, she's burnt the house down. <laughs> anyway, that's happened anyway. But you do just support people. I suppose, it's, I can't imagine what it feels like if it's your child because yeah. that's like your flesh and blood whereas like I really like you but you're not my flesh and blood over there <laughs> sometimes she tells me I'm like a sister she never had obviously that's all a load of bullshit oh how superficial Elizabeth <laughs> see I'm going to call you Elizabeth now. Yeah. and also I would call you Elizabeth if it I was, yeah. was, was crossed don't agree with this no. yeah. well luckily I am angelic as, as we said so mm. I think my mum always took this, a similar route with me I was considerably more wild than Elizabeth seems to have been uh, but also my, very much my mother's daughter so my mum had been there done wow. that and where you think that I'm the kid and she's the mum she's no idea she has got an idea because I am her flesh and blood and we are the, the apple did not fall far from the tree she so she been there knew, and done it she yeah. knew everything <laughs> without me even saying yeah and she'd ask me questions because she knew what she needed to ask because and then I'd be like She's asking me something really. This is too close. This is too close to what's actually happened. <laughs> she knows. She bloody knows. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, as I'd gotten older, I wouldn't get a bollocking, but she'd have a stern word than me. But also, it'd be in a supportive way. It's like, right, I'm going to tell you why I think, because you've asked me. Mm. I don't think this is right, but you're going to do what you're going to do, and I'm here. But also, watch it. And you know my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever get really told off? When I was growing up, I was a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was well, awful. Oh, oh yeah. glad you weren't. I'd, I'd apparently, well, I know I did, like, really bad attitude. So, you know when kids answer back and you're like, I'm going to wipe the floor with you? Yeah. She she did have to wipe the floor with me a few times. I bet you I'd, My attitude, it was just my attitude. I don't know where it came from. Awful. I'd, you know, like, roll my eyes and, like, huff and puff. And oh, she just made teenage. tea or something. Horrible oh, teenage years. Yeah. And she would chase me up the stairs, trying to knock an owl out of me because I'd obviously <laughs> been awful to her and she should leave me in my bedroom to rot away oh my. <laughs> I used to get grounded all the time did well. you? all the time was your mum the scary one or your dad the soft one? D- d- mum yeah frightening yeah mum was frightening dad you didn't want to cross him but he was, he hung back yeah with it and let mum deal with it because mum was like honestly fire <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, she was amazing. Dad, Obvi- dad was strict in our house. Yeah, I was the other yeah. way around. It was yeah. always a threat. Carry on doing that. Yeah. And tell yeah. your dad. Yeah. Oh, carry on doing touch. that. Yes. I'll tell you, dad. Those words. Ooh. Oh, no, don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Something just never changed, no. though. You see, that was. That, when I was a kid, you used to get that. I mean, your dad yeah. gets home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parenting tactic. Yep. But yours was just the other way around. Carry yeah. on with that and I'll tell your mum. Yeah. Knock a hole out of me. Honestly, oh, I deserved it. It was awful. <laughs> just attitude, man. Just the, the teenage angst of, like, not knowing what my body was doing. Obviously, puberty was hitting me really hard. Mum could obviously see that. And so if I think back to it, she must have bit her tongue so many times. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But because as well, just she had 10 years off work to have me and Mike. Mm. And so she was at home with never a rest, never a minute. Mm. And she also looked after Laura, who came in to do the Magloff sex girls <laughs> holiday thing uh, as well. So she had three of us constantly, Bless like her. through all summer holidays and everything. And, you know, no rest takes right. a woman to do that. It does. She is the bravest and strongest person I've ever met in my life. But goodness me, don't get on the wrong side of her. 
gosh. Especially if you were a bully either. <laughs> you did not want to be the person bullying me. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, that is exactly what you'd be like as well when yeah. you have kids. Yeah. Like the scary mum in the playground. Yeah, I would. <laughs> end up in jail. <laughs> mum always does say, I don't, I'd go to jail for you. Oh, well, I think that is the thing that you do. When you hear people who don't, you know, when, when you haven't got children and you hear someone going, you know, if, if I had to, you know, step in front of them to save them, if I had to trade my life, if what whatever, yeah. and you think, that's a bit dramatic. <laughs> um, but actually, when you have children, that's exactly what you would do. You yeah. would, anything, to protect your child. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you would do. Yeah. It's so, that yeah. funny feeling. I'm looking forward to having that feeling to protect yeah. something so fiercely that yeah, you, yeah. it's just instinctive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, think, you, you, it doesn't think. just switch on. You literally have this thing. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel like that from the moment you got pregnant, or from just when she arrived? When she arrived, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you. I mean, you do. You do have a sort of. You have. Oh, again, me personally, have yeah. a relationship with bump. Yeah. But it's not when they arrive. It's just something completely different, mm. and yeah. it's that. Apart from the sheer terror of this small <laughs> depending completely on you totally dependent on you it's you, but you get over that but i do i always remember the drive home from the hospital with you i've never been so scared oh, in all oh, my first life. time with a newborn in the car oh it was oh. all and it was raining and you were actually due a feed but they chucked us out of the hospital and so you were in your car seat and dad was driving it was so tense and i kept oh. putting my finger in your mouth oh, just to gosh. give you something to suck on to keep you quiet oh it was just i'll I never forget that it was very it. very tense I, whenever i had to pick cats up from the cafeteria i felt tense driving them so i can't imagine what like <laughs> oh, very similar very similar is everyone okay <laughs> quiet in the back <laughs> what radio station do you want on <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> oh, right. A few more questions. Go on then. What's the most important lesson you could teach your daughter and Lindsay over here, anyone, about relationships and love? Oh, good God. We do talk about stuff like that a lot as yes. well. Yes. That there are ups and downs. And that Sorry, can I interrupt you very Yo. quickly and just say, you'd always operate the line of relationships aren't hard work, but you have to work on them. Yeah. You don't give up on stuff easily. No, I'll I question don't. for you a bit there, no, but that's right, for you. you. Sorry. There you go. So good job. <laughs> and you might as well go now because she's going to carry she's on for you. Say, my my mum thinks this. <laughs> yeah, but I, no, because relationships aren't, any relationship's not easy, but someone that you're living with is is it often harder some of the time. Mm-hmm. But the pros outweigh the cons. And as long as the pros continue to outweigh the cons, you've just got to deal with it and communicate and establish your lines of responsibilities I suppose you know I was knew when dad and I got together that he wasn't going to be the person that was going to be the cleaner in the house and I thought well I'm not going to be the person that's cleaner in the house because I'm working as well so we had a cleaner because that would have been a point of discord yeah Yeah, because why should I do it why should I be the one that's responsible so damage control yeah before you even even before we lived together we did we sorted that one out so I think yeah and I think trying to listen to each other and understand the other person's point of view he, uh, which sounds absolutely um, amazing <laughs> i bet i didn't do that all the time <laughs> no but nobody does <laughs> no and you're in the moment no. of something like that yeah but don't just throw something away because because we are much more of a disposable society than we used to be and i think that sometimes goes for relationships as well mm. whereas it's true you know in my parents generation women didn't particularly have the option in the same way because they didn't work my mum didn't work most Mm. of her age group wouldn't have been working 
um, when they had children. Yeah. So they were very reliant on the husbands in a different way. Yeah. Um, so it was just, you know, time changes things and changes the dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, definitely things do feel more disposable nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, and no one's perfect. No. Yourself included. Well, I'm sure you know. Except you, Liz. Except one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that unfold. As soon as I said, well, no one's perfect, Lizzie had already begun to say, Set it up it. for her. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> on, a broader, on a broader scale, yep. what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Can I split that into two things? You may. One's very, very quick is is um, actually came from grandma and was when you've got a toddler and they're being very confrontational, even when they're little, it's quite a shock, is distraction technique. Grandma was the best at the distraction technique. And I, you, you, you know, learning that so that you don't get into an almost screaming match with a toddler <laughs> is considerably better, particularly if you're in a supermarket. <laughs> so you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be that mother, really, because it never looks good. So distraction technique, and yeah. she was good. I um, very much learned that. And from a business point of view, I would say one of the best books I was ever um, recommended to read was the Seven Habits of Highly effective people. Oh, I've never read and this. So there's a lot it. of there's there are seven rules, but well, not rules, paradigms they call it, a bit American, which actually are very applicable to various parts of life. It, it's been adapted over time to relationships and bringing up teenagers and all of these sorts of things. But there's a lot of of areas covered there that are actually often common sense, but actually really good, really really good. Must oh. read that. Yeah, do read that. You read it. Tell me if it's good. Then I'll yes. read it. <laughs> Stephen Covey or Covey. I Covey. think it's is it's still very like well respected. Still very book, well though, respected in, yeah, in, in management and yeah. and that side. But there are there are just different spin-offs from it. I mean, I suppose the first three tend to be about you as a person, and then it it's about sort of working with people, and that's why you can adapt it to relationships. And then at the end is how do you keep improving upon yourself? Because a lot of it is how you drive it forward, which is why it starts with you, mm. and about being proactive, and that you're the person that's responsible for your own life and where you want to be and how things happen to some extent. Yeah. And that if you allow too many negative events, people, surroundings to impact on you, you, you start to constrict, whereas you can push out and actually have, improve on your own positivity, really. Mm. That's a really Sorry. difficult thing to do as well, isn't it? When everybody else, or every all the situations, like you say, everything, all the negative bits are encroaching on you, you do tend to just fold underneath it and be yeah, like, do you know what, yeah. it's just easy if I'm just quiet and small here. Yeah. When yeah. really you should be it's, pushing back and should trying be, to get what you yeah. want out of everything and turning it all into positive things. Yeah. If, you know, if life's bad to you, then, then you can easily become victimized and again it's like all of these things that it's not a panacea it's not something that works for everything but there there is something about being responsible for yourself and not expecting that somebody else is responsible to make you happy Mm. and they'll let you down if you make them like that whether that's in a relationship in any form of relationship somebody will let you down Mm. on that basis and if you if you're quite centered it's a bit like having a core isn't it you're having a strong core you know if you're that you're not 
is easy going to fall over. You're not going to blow in the wind in yeah. the same way. So, yeah. But it is. It's, it's very good. It's very relatable. And I think there's some really good <coughs> pointers in it. We want to know how, actually, good leading yeah, on from no, that, that yeah, well. how you stay so positive. Is it a product of this book? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sponsored Is it in your bag now? I think I am inherently a positive person. And yes, there is a sort of, you know, litany of awful losses that define me as a person and I probably don't talk about them as as much as maybe would be healthy. But I tend not to be somebody that spends too much time looking back, and I tend not to be somebody that goes, why me, or almost woes me, but that's, mm. I, I'm uncomfortable saying it like that. Because I, you know, because I am that sort of person, you know, I'm not somebody that, that is depressive or any of those things, and I think, therefore, it's, you know, it's very easy to be... What's the right word? It, I'm, I'm preachy about it. Well, yeah, but but oh, but to, to to make it sound as though this is something you can control, and not oh, all of I this is something that you can control. Yeah. I am fortunate in the way that my mental attitude is that I tend to look forward. I can't change some of the things that have happened. I wish I could, but I can't. I can I can learn from them. I you have to carry them, and it's still a painful journey. But I would try not to look back and I will try and always look forward I am here and others who want to be here aren't here so I feel I have to make the most of what I've been given really a perfect um, daughter a perfect daughter <laughs> and uh, not bad life thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's very good advice it is but like you advice. say a lot of it's like a chemical balance in it is and I was literally just brains. listening to you with my mouth wide open then because <laughs> I was like I always look back I, I'll always and I feel like I can be an uplifting person and I can be really yeah. positive about stuff but then if so, if something happens it some things just have a real way of sticking in there and, and I, I can't move forward for it dragging me back and I can't let go of things very easily which is really difficult uh, and it is hard and yeah. I think it's like even you know it's like even as an employer when you're interviewing viewing people you always just one of the standard questions is you know what are your strengths and weaknesses yeah. people will trot out their weaknesses like there's no tomorrow but yeah. trying to some some people will give you their strengths but yeah. trying to often tease the strengths out of people is is much harder because they don't always think of themselves naturally in terms of well you know this this actually I am you know this is the person I am and yeah going back to that book one of the things that that they say is imagine yourself at your funeral this is a bit grim but imagine yourself at your own funeral and what would you want people to be saying about you as a, a colleague as a parent as a lover as a friend what would the things that if you were sat listening to them anecdotally as opposed to doing a eulogy where they're only going to say nice things really mm-hmm. um you know what would you want to be hearing you know that, that they were they, they were a good friend that they were always there for me but they gave good advice you know those sort of things and if you have that view in your mind about the person that you want to be then it, it's it's almost becomes like your own mission statement and yeah. then the, the sort of slings and arrows that come at you I mean, you don't bat them all off. You just don't. No, no, but you don't sure. always carry them with you because, no. you know, something negative or someone says something negative or does something negative, if you constantly go back to it, it's like they're constantly doing it. Yeah. But mm. actually, go, go away. Get rid yeah, of that. Yeah. It's done. And all right, I've 
learnt something, maybe something they said had some resonance and it yeah. was true and I'll, I'll pick that bit up but I'm going to let go of the rest <coughs> of it because yeah. otherwise you never recover from it. You mm. never let it go. Yeah. It's funny you say that thing about what you would hope people to be saying about you at your own funeral. Honestly, without reading this book, more often than is probably healthy, I will fall asleep thinking about if I die, who will be there and what will they say about me? Well, I'm oh like, but it's honestly like the most self-absorbed thing you've ever heard of in your life. I'm like, what right. What song have you got? Oh, I haven't got that far yet. Maybe oh. that's another time. But <laughs> something to think about tonight. People who would be there, how sad everyone would be. Obviously, it's such a big loss. Everyone would be so upset. Yeah, I've and only like got one request. I don't want fields of gold. Oh, okay. I would never <laughs> choose that one. No, oh thank my you, God, that's brilliant. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, you were saying it. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, this is a positive. Event. No, I don't use it in that way. <laughs> it's my ego. <laughs> Lizzie would be at the front, Laura would be stood next to her, my mum and dad, they'd be in pieces, but they'd be so proud of me. I was like, oh my God, I need to get a grip of myself, honestly. That's amazing. No, I don't think that, maybe read the book. I don't think it's encouraging I think I'll read the book to maybe encourage the the other Christmas. Yes, please. Oh, well, that concludes season two. Woo! Thank, Thank you so much, much Anne. It's been amazing <laughs> having you here. It wasn't as bad as I thought. No, no I'm really nervous. It's not nerve-wracking at all. No. I don't think I'm going to listen to it, but <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to. We'll listen to it for you. Yeah. And um, we want to say a big thank you for everybody to tuning in for season two. We've loved it more than ever because we've had so many amazing guests. Um, and we will be back for the season three. We'll be back. Watch this space. Yes. But in the meantime, <laughs> if you want to review, subscribe and like, then you can do on the Entail app. Yeah, and we will see you very soon, I'm sure. Yeah, very soon. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.